Savannah Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels, and I'm also the director of communications at Cliff Merce Realty in beautiful, historic downtown Savannah, Georgia. We're so excited to take you on this journey that will, yes, explore the fascinating world of real estate and investing in Savannah, but just as important, we'll also be giving a platform to so many creative, unique, and diverse people that make this charming city one of the coolest and hottest places in the world. Welcome back to the Savannah Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels, and I'm very excited to welcome back for part two, Sarah Brooke Sandin. She is here once again in the studio, and we are talking, chatting more about all of the things that Sarah Brooke Sandin is and has in her umbrella, which, uh, first of all, thanks for coming back to chat longer. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, We have so many more things to talk about. Um, But I want to go back just a little bit and talk about uh, the stables we were talking about you know, just the wonderful journey that you've had with the stable so far. And if you have not been there, please go check it out. It's just such a beautiful haven of artists and creators. Did we talk about what the stables was? So a little bit, but I actually wanted to ask you. Yeah. Why did you call it the stables? Oh, I mean, (laughs) my mom came up with it. Really? Yeah. She goes, oh, it looks like stables. And I was thinking like a different type of stables since I'm a madam. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, oh, a stable of artists. Yes, that would work, mom. I see what you're saying. Mom. I mean, it really goes a stable of eccentric, cool people. It's true. Yeah, it's just, it worked. And then this ode to the West which, you know, that's where I'm from. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is just a beautiful place. One of the first things that st- strikes me and that I think strikes most people, you have some beautiful murals, uh, you know, painted oh, yeah. all over. One in particular, I, I want to point out, like right when you get there, really, really cute girl on the front. And oh, yes. do you know her? How did that? It's so funny because there's just a huge mural of myself on the front. <laughs> I did not choose that. So I had my my good friend who I've been friends with for years and years and years. He is a very, very talented and famous muralist. And he does them all over the world, right? Everywhere. So I called him and said, hey, can you come out here and do a mural? He's based in Los Angeles. So we hired him and flew him out. You know, he did the whole building in eight days with spray paint. It's unbelievable. It's a huge warehouse. It's like a 5,000 square foot warehouse. But he goes, okay, we're going to do this picture of me, right? So we did, we, we photographed, I photographed this photo and I sent it to him and then he like messed with it in Photoshop and, you know, made the colors and everything, right? And I'm like, is this weird that like I have my face on the front? <laughs> is it weird? He's like, no, it's great. And so I, I just kind of, it was his idea. I questioned it a little bit, but I was like, whatever. It looks amazing. It does I look love amazing. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty perfect with you and the hat and I mean... 
It's a it's it's a great opening to the stables. Yeah. It really is. And he did it. He did his homework. He put um there is azalea like he went and looked up like native plants to the area so he could fill the whole mural with savanna type imagery which yeah. i thought was so thoughtful it is tell everybody how to get to the stables because it's it's sort of mm-hmm. near the train tracks yeah. well now it's near the new Enmark arena that's right which yes. is a great that's right sort of like it's over there so if you're going down Liberty, you just keep going, I guess it would be west. Mm-hmm. Yeah, west. So you go west on Liberty, you just go over MLK, down Louisville, and then it's it's off Louisville, mm-hmm. down right, right when you cross the train tracks. Beautiful location. Oh, it's the best. And did I see recently that you have beekeepers over there too? Yes. Wow. Wildlight Honey has... I think he's got maybe like 18 hives out there. And then he has his sort of headquarters, his bottling operation for his honey there. But he's got like, you know, he has hives out in Reedsville area. He's got hives here in town. He's got hives all over the place. Yeah. And he um, has a booth at the farmer's market every Saturday. So if you go get honey at the farmer's market on Saturday from Wildlight Honey, you're buying possibly honey made at the stables. Love that. Which is cool. That's so yeah. cool. You have so many great uh, markets over there and just wonderful things that happen on the weekend and bands and concerts and just all kinds of things. I don't know how you have had time to also be this superstar real estate agent. How did that come about? Because we really took a uh, just a, you know, a long time during part one. If you haven't heard part one, I hope you go back and listen to it. But talking about your journey coming from Los Angeles and you know California and just making your way here and choosing to be here, you have so many things going on. You're you're a fantastic artist and you paint all the time. And, and now the stables. How do you have time to do real estate? Who you seem knows? to love it. I love it so much. But like, who even knows yeah. how I manage to have time to do anything yet time to do absolutely everything. Yeah. So my real estate journey has been very interesting and probably not typical. I don't know. I, I don't know what a typical real estate journey is. I have been interested in it forever and ever and ever. But more on the investment side, like Mm. I wanted to invest in real estate. And then as an artistic person, I loved interiors and I loved doing interiors in L.A. And styling and staging sets. So it was this sort of, I loved the aesthetic and the visual of real estate, right? But I didn't understand how to get into it. right? And I don't know why I never to get my license when I was in Los Angeles. Like I should have, I'm kicking myself now going, why did I not do that? It just, it wasn't on my radar for some reason. I don't know why it just wasn't something. I don't think I knew any real estate agents. Yeah. So I didn't ever think about it. Right. Right. Um, I have one friend who's a real estate agent in LA and she's awesome, but I just didn't, I didn't know that it would be for me. And so when I was in LA, I did more of like interior design and 
renovating the place, my own places there, you know, and then they sold for X amount of money because I had renovated them and, and made them beautiful. Right. Right. So I was more on the investment side of it than the selling and buying of as a realtor and representing clients. So what happened was I came to Savannah. I bought two places here as an investment, renovated those. And I'm talking like abandoned houses here. Yeah. I've seen the pictures. Abandoned houses. Yeah. When you say renovated, it's not like <laughs> slapped a coat of paint. No. You're talking about tearing walls down. Yeah. Down to the studs. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And a lot of that you did yourself. Oh yeah. Everything except, you know, like electrical yeah. and stuff like that. But the rest of it, yes, with Ryan. Yeah. I, I got the two places and we renovated them really fast. Like I think we did it in like six months, which is crazy. And then I had, I was doing rent two rental properties. I had two rental properties and I was managing those and, and looking for more real estate to pick up. And then we picked up the stables, which is a 5,000 square foot warehouse. And we renovated that, which is wild to renovate a warehouse because when we got the stables, it was just was a commercial open? building. It was just a shell, mm. a gross, dirty, dark warehouse. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. It's amazing because you guys have like turned that into just unbelievable. You built the inside. Yeah. So now it's, I think it's 15 spaces. But, you know, you've seen it. It's beautiful. It's bright. It's white. It's it's just great for artists yeah. to come work in. Right. And we have, like, you know, it's got all the amenities. It's got Wi-Fi. It's got heat, cooling, all that kind of stuff. So, so you renovated mm -hmm. the two investment properties. Mm -hmm. Then you renovated the stables. Yeah. And then you thought, I should keep yeah. doing this and maybe... Yeah. I was like, why do... You know, and then I became friends with some real estate agents here and I saw what they were doing and that's when COVID hit and oh, I was yeah. like you know what because I was looking for investment properties still I was like on every single day looking for investment properties like what am I going to do I want to pick up some more properties and then I was like you know what I'm just going to get my license so I did that during COVID I did the Good schooling time. and stuff which is <laughs> perfect timing right yeah. Yeah, so I did the, the um, schooling and stuff. I got my license, but I think because of owning a small business here already, I had no, I, you know, just made relationships with a lot of people here and know a lot of people, and we, I just love to talk to people. And so when I had got my license, I kind of like hit the ground running mm -hmm. because I had already sort of had this legwork that I had done with like renovations and my small business. And so I kind of had, had base. Yeah. yeah, I had yeah. a base and like people that trusted me already. Mm -hmm. So then I just like, I think I got my license and I was showing houses like the next day. Wow. I think I was calling my, my clients and going, I'm getting my license. Just hold a second. Hold, <laughs> and I'm going to get you into a house. Right. And so then I was like showing houses, but it's been wild. I love working with everybody, every single type of person. I think I have clients across the board, really all different types of clients. There's mm -hmm. no like one specific type of person that I work with, 
but I really am trying to approach it from this way of, um, or find my voice in it, Mm -hmm. sort of this holistic, empowering step that you can take in your life that helps you reach your dreams Mm -hmm. because your house, you know, where you live it inspires you, right? It, it's supposed to inspire you. So when you look at it sort of from this holistic viewpoint of this is medicine for my soul mm. to have this, you know, you're, you're taking like this step to your goals and to your happiness. So I think I'm just trying to like find that voice and go with that. Yeah. It's and I think it comes across. It does come yeah. across. And I think it's interesting because, you know, in real estate, a lot of times you'll find uh, people that do have like certain categories that they feel mm-hmm. is more, a more natural category. Maybe that's, you know, luxury real estate or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's flipping houses, yeah. you know, whatever that category is. And I've seen you work in all of the categories, like already and very naturally with all of those clients. And I think one thing that really struck me um, that you said to me a while back, and, and I'd love for you to tell this story about how special it is to be a part of the home buying process with a first time home buyer, maybe, that maybe thought they never could get a mm-hmm. house. And some of the reason that you were able to relate to that was because you've been in that situation Mm -hmm. where you were, you know, years and years ago thinking, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think you're so relatable with that. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is one of my most favorite things is to help people sort of understand their money. Mm hmm. And like, how do you make these little tiny steps that will then get you to your goal? And they're very, you know, buying a house can be so overwhelming to people. It's just like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know where to get a loan. I don't even know what a loan is. Like, what am I looking at here? It's so stressful. It's very stressful. And when you have somebody that maybe their credit was damaged, maybe they don't have credit. And... You know, they're, or maybe they don't have two years of taxes. Maybe, you know, there's like these certain things that they think like this is, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. And that's not true. That's not, that's, you know, there are ways to get things to work. And even if it just takes a little bit of time to do these tiny little steps will get you there. And I also love, you know, when I moved from L.A., I had less, um, I think a lot of married people that have gone through divorces can, can relate to this. I didn't have control of my finances. Mm -hmm. My ex-husband had control of the finances. So I didn't know some basic things, you know, because I didn't do them. Yeah. So when I had gotten a divorce, I told myself, I'm not good with money. Um, I don't know about money. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do those things. And it's just not true. Yeah. And I just had to learn. And so I love also working with single women, single men too, that just don't know how to do this without a partner. And they're just, they think like, oh, I can't do it. Um, and I, I really took control of my finances and was like, 
no, I'm, I'm good with money. I'm good with investment. You changed the narrative. Yeah. yeah like, I what? love that. I'm never saying that about myself again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not true. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. I agree. And I was going to say, it seems like you really enjoy the education process mm-hmm. of saying, let me tell you, I've been in this position. Yeah. You can probably relate. I, I feel like that means so much to people because it is so stressful, the process, especially if you've come from a situation, mm-hmm. you know, where you're already feeling like you're behind the eight ball. Kind yeah. Of thing. Or if you go even farther back, you know, I grew up in a very poor family. A lot of my family didn't own houses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, a thing that I saw a lot of. Um, so I probably did have that ingrained in me. Like, I don't know if that's something that I can do. I mean, I remember as a little kid, like looking at like horse ranches and Mm. being like, one day I'm going to own a horse ranch. Right. (laughs) Like that was like my dream house, like these big, huge, like sprawling ranches, you know? And I just didn't, I honestly didn't have the confidence to do that for myself until later on in my life. And now I, I want to like gift that to people Mm. because I feel so grateful that I stopped saying that about myself, that I stopped believing that about myself and that I moved forward and I want to gift that to people because Mm -hmm. I, I, I literally sit in my house still and like look around and go, I'm so grateful for my house. Mm. Like, I'm so grateful that I somehow (laughs) got to this level. Like, I have no idea how I did it. I'm like, somehow I just got here. Yeah. And I would like to help other people do that as well. Yeah. You, you are so, um, inspiring, um, to me. I mean, I watch you climb those ladders and I watch you dig in and just, you know, work, work, work. And I love that. I, it, it really, you know, it's like having a walking buddy or a running buddy, you know, yeah. it makes you run faster and walk faster. And, you know, we talk about that a lot where <laughs> that, that kind of like, you know, collaboration feels so good. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know you're giving that off to other people in the community, you know, not just in real estate, but at the stables and with your art and, and so many things like that. Yet at the same time, you're probably one of the most grounded people I have ever met. You seem to come into every room with a calmness. And how do you do that? Where does that come from for you? I don't know. It's probably, it's probably my parents. Mm. (laughs) It's probably my dad. My dad's, my dad was very much like that. Um, you, I think it's because I try to like, you know, it's strange because I look at real estate from this spirituality viewpoint, which is a very different type of viewpoint, but I feel like it's, it's helpful mm-hmm. and it does, um, you know, it, it does feel grounding to look at it from that, that viewpoint. Is that weird? No, <laughs> it obviously works for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know very little about your daily routine. I, I know enough to know that I, I just feel like you're very in touch with your, whatever you want to call it, spirituality or, mm-hmm. or, but you seem very guided and you seem just very grounded. And, and again, that's another inspiring thing where 
I don't, I don't feel like you're bouncing. You're, you're feeling chaotic much. Yeah. I, I try not to. I mean, I can feel like that, but I really, I think I've d- gone through so much in my life that to, that doesn't, it doesn't serve me to ever feel like that. So mm-hmm. if I feel that coming on, I just really have so many things that I've done to sort of manage those feelings of chaos and any type of negative negative feeling anxiety depression chaos any of those and that's that's like I mean I I hope that I bring that to the people that are around me and close to me because I I feel like I was gifted that for some reason Mm -hmm. you know I don't know why I just was. <laughs> and that's great. And so I love, you know, when you have the gift, when you're gifted with something and you feel grateful for the mm. gifts that you're given, you then feel um, the generosity of gifting those things back to mm-hmm. people. And that's really how I just go about my daily life is yeah. try to just tap into that somehow. Do you right. have regular tools in your toolbox? Like, are you, are you a meditator? Do you, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably almost to a point where it's annoying. <laughs> like, For who, Ryan? Okay, or? okay Sarah. Or yes, the dog. We understand you meditate every day. Like, <laughs> When I meditate, I, I love meditation. When I meditate, I I'm a much better person. Oh I gosh. feel better. I don't do it as much as I would like to, uh, or should, because I'm I'm much better. I'm like a person that needs ritual. Mm-hmm. So, and I've found this out. You know, I feel like when I don't have ritual, I'm just like this floating. Like, it, I do feel more chaos. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> right. You know. And then if I have a ritual that I can go to, like. I, my life will just shoot up. Mm. Like I will just be uplifted. Mm -hmm. So I figure that out, you know, through trial and error. Right. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, I have a rituals. I have rituals that I do every morning. So I wake up, you know, and I do my, my meditation and then I, I work out and then I journal. Journaling is like huge for me. I journal every single day. I probably have like a whole entire bookcase full of journals that I've been doing for like the last 15 years. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You can just go back in them and look at them and read them. Do you date them? So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And you can just be like, wow, I was a mess at this point <laughs> in my life. <laughs> holy, holy moly. I think that's why I don't mess. journal as much as I, I probably want to and and should because i think if i looked back I, I, it scares me a little no it's good though but it is like good. oh my you're, gosh you're i've grown so, yeah, so it is good much or you just look back and you just go you know what poor thing right she's, <laughs> right she's good now though she's good <laughs> sorry about that yeah. sorry that happened <laughs> Look at you now. It really, yeah, it's, it is, I love it. And people are like, oh my gosh, are you afraid of anybody reading them? Like I've had people have that fear for me. So I'll just leave them out on the, I don't even care. I'm like, whatever. (laughs) And I'll write crazy stuff in them too. Like just spill it out. But I'm not afraid of people reading them because I don't, it's an extension. It's it's not necessarily you to a T, right? It's this extension of your expression. Like, so you're getting it out of you. Yeah. Whatever that is, you're getting it out of you. 
It doesn't mean that you are going to act on any of these feelings or that, you know, I look at it as, I guess, as an art form. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's probably a thousand, if not more, embarrassing things in there that I'd be like, oh my goodness graciousness. <laughs> Did I say that? Did I do that? <laughs> Was that me? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did I date him? Jeez Louise. <laughs> What was I thinking, right? I think so, we could all yeah, have those moments. You just have so. those. And then you're like, oh, well, you know what? She's moved on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you want to give out your address if, in case anyone wants to have some steamy reading. But I, <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll save that. Uh, put it in the notes. I don't know. But um, I, I really think you're right. I think, that, you know, journaling is one form of, of therapy, mm. you know, and not it's only chronicling your life, but it's mm-hmm. also like you said, getting it out. Yeah. And it's important. I feel like it's, it's part of my success is doing these rituals Mm -hmm. because it's, it really starts your day off. Um, it sets you up for success and you're finishing something, you Mm -hmm. know, you're starting your day, you're, you have a goal, you're committing and you're doing it. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Uh, you know, I feel like when I, I get to watch a lot of your process in, in real estate and I see, you know, just how you also have a very good routine with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're very mapped out and planned out and you know what's happening, but also can handle a phone call out of nowhere, yeah. you know, very quickly, which happens, which we happens a lot. call that a, a workaholic. <laughs> is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a name for we it. call that a busy bee. Yeah. Yes, that is me. I'm just very, I don't know what that is. It's a just very, I, I'm definitely a workaholic because I will just work 24-7. Mm-hmm. I do need to be told, please stop. Yeah. Please don't do that. Although I, I feel like you, I mean, you recently bought a, a property uh, that we lovingly call the farm, right? Mm, the and farm. it's beautiful. It's, it's so out in the country. Beautiful. And so you're having some nice time where you're able to like step away from the city and I know, but like I go there and I work, you work while you're, <laughs> well, you're also renovating that. I, I am. I am renovating it and it looks so good. It's so nice. It's 15 acres mm. near the river. Yeah. Pine straw farm. Right. Now I just go, I'm in, I'm in pine straw. I'm That's in- what I tell people at the gas station when I'm standing in line with them. So, oh, hi. Oh, you're new here? Oh, I'm in pine straw. Yes. Now you just need a few horses and you'll have your childhood dream. Oh, my gosh. I know. But horses, you got to live out there. I can't get them just yet. You got to live out there because yeah. they're like dogs. You know, you right. can't just leave them by themselves true. forever. That's very true. Mm-hmm. You can't be running back to Mm-mm. the city all the time no. when you have that going on. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in real estate? Hmm. Is it dealing with the Let's people? See. and? I mean, honestly, it's the cheesiest thing, which is like going into all the houses and right? going, ooh, look at this. You know, because you get to, I will just go look at houses because I'm like, you know what? You need to see this house mm-hmm. and go look at it because I want to see it. Yeah. Because I want to go look at it. Right. Um, that That is probably the funnest thing to mm-hmm. me. And to then dream like... Oh, you could do this here. You, I'm just renovating with my mind as soon as I walk into a place, you know. So yeah, how do you handle? You know, there's there's an interesting conversation going on right now. Well, it has been going on for a while, but I guess the conversation right now in 2022, here we are, sort of coming mm-hmm. out of 
COVID a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. s- still feeling the ripple effects from it. But how do you deal with the conversation that is, there are a lot of people that are in the same position that you were in when you moved to Savannah that were mm-hmm. like, I want to buy property. I want to invest. Mm-hmm. I want to have more properties under my belt. That's a very interesting conversation that's going on here. I think a yeah. lot of people have uh, a lot of different views on it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people still moving in, moving in, buying property, people yeah. from out of state buying property. So many. It, that's a, it's a big conversation here. It is. I love this conversation actually, because I moved here in 2016, which it was still, I mean, there were where I live now, where, where I bought the houses that I renovated, it was still like a very, it was a neighborhood that wasn't considered super desirable. It was just a normal neighborhood, right? Not like a hot neighborhood mm-hmm. where everybody's like, I want a house there. And there's yeah. like 30 people standing in line to get right, a house right. there. Um, probably more than that, like 300 people to get a house there. Right. But it was a normal neighborhood, not a hot neighborhood. And so I moved in. I had a very Western perspective, you know, coming from California, living in L.A. for 20 years, you know, I did grow up in a town that was only 10,000 people, so I, I, I do have a small town, very rural, fundamental um, upbringing, mm-hmm. but I lived in L.A. for 20 years, so I'm like moving from, you know, this big city and doing big things and <laughs> hustling. <laughs> We're going to do them real fast. Yes. Yeah. And you come into Savannah and you're just like, I had a shift, like this crazy shift of perspective throughout living here, which I am so grateful for because I needed to see that. I needed to feel it. I needed to see it. Um, It's a put the brakes on kind of shift, right? Yeah. Like I, I just had ideas that I'm like, that were very Westernized, very, just not South, Mm -hmm. not the South. And Mm -hmm. when people, you know, and now I get like, I get, I have all these feelings about the South that are so positive and I love the South so much. Like it is such a magical place. I cannot speak highly enough of it, but when you live in the West or you live in the North, you get a lot of people talking smack on the South. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's just because they've never spent any time here and spoke to Southerners, born and raised Southerners, people that grew up here, that know the land, that know the neighborhoods, and just have their own ideas, their own culture, their own traditions, right? So we come in and we want to change them and we want to say, this is better, this is how you should do it, right? Yeah. And you, you know... When you have the Western eyes still, you say, well, I don't know why they're so upset about this because, you know, they could be doing it better this way. Right. Right. But now I've lived here for so long that I see through Southern eyes now. I don't see through Western eyes anymore. I see through Southeast Georgian eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I see somebody in, from L.A. come in here going, oh, I'm going to get, you know, this, that, and this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Savannah's going to tell you what you're going to do. It's true. Not the other way around. That's very true. Yeah. It and happened, then, same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was, I can only describe that feeling as like the put the brakes on feeling because 
I didn't come in trying to change anything. Yeah. And I was not that far up the road. Mm-hmm. I was in Virginia, yeah. which to many people it's is also considered south. Yeah. But this is even more south, and it's south. different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the pace was like, bring it down a notch, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just, I had no idea how fast I was going in my pace until mm-hmm. I landed in Savannah, Georgia. And I was like, yeah. Oh, I see. We have a sweet tea in between our conversations mm-hmm. or we call tomorrow for lunch or yes. let me get back to you at the end of the week. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's a different deal. And it's such a diverse group of people. And that's really what I love about it so much. You know, you come from a big city like New York or LA and you think you're diversity, you're just top of the chain of diversity. And really, I mean, I was like, the South is so much more diverse to me, mm-hmm. diverse in thought, diverse in people, diverse in culture, diverse in just upbringings, everything. And having friends from all different types of, you know, life, I've never had more friends that have like spanned a spectrum than I do in the South. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I love, I love to hear other people's perspectives because it helps me have my own perspectives that's not so rigid or, yeah. you know, I need to hear an idea so then I can self-reflect and exactly. say, oh, you know, I thought this, but like, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're always, mm-hmm. we should always be growing and, yeah. and reshaping, you know, ourselves. I mean, yeah. I love that too, to be a sponge, mm-hmm. to at least hear it all out, take yeah. it all in and I just love all different types of people. I mean, honestly, I can just pick out the best in people and just go with that. And I love it. And I don't, I don't want to be in a bubble mm-hmm. where I'm with this only, only this type of people. I want to have the um, experience of being around even people that maybe I dislike. Yeah. Or I thought I disliked because most of the time I'm like, well, I was wrong. Literally most of the time I'm like, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Which I love. I love that feeling of being like, oh my gosh, my perspective is just completely circled around. Yeah. And now I have this new one that's so much more beautiful. Yeah. I love walking away from those moments and my reaction being, hmm. That's interesting. I want to think on that a little bit more. Oh, I love I it. love that feeling yeah. to take away, you know, and, and, you know, the next morning when I'm having my coffee and sitting outside, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to reflect on that. Yeah. And I do, I do see the Southerners viewpoint of like everybody moving here. There is a lot of people moving here Yeah, and I understand it. It's like, okay, well, this is a, this is a society just steeped in such a deep culture that is beautiful, you know? And so you, they are protective of it. Yeah. And you wonder how that's going to change with so many new people coming in. I feel like that's something I hear pretty uh, regular in Savannah for people Mm -hmm. that have lived here for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years is like, okay, is that culture that we want to protect that history that Mm -hmm. we want to protect the traditions that we want to protect is that going to change with all of, you know, these new people coming mm-hmm. in? Like, how do we deal with that? Yeah, and I don't know the answer to that. I think it's just, you know, really, people are moving here for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. They're moving here for a feeling. They're moving here because they do see the culture. Right. And they're like, ooh, I like that. I mean, I, when I lived in L.A., I did not know one single neighbor. 
I literally did not know their names. I lived next to him for 11 years. Mm. I didn't even, I don't even know their names now. I couldn't tell you. And, you know, you move to a place like Savannah, you know, every single person on your street, three blocks down, you know them too. Yeah. They're inviting you over for dinner. You're walking down the street. You're seeing all your friends, every single person in the community. You go into a restaurant, you know, the owners, Mm -hmm. you go into a coffee shop, you know, all the people that work there. They're also your neighbors. And to live in a community like that, you want to maintain it. So when you, you want to um, respect that culture of kindness and community. So when you come from a culture where like that isn't normal, like you're like, I don't want to talk to my neighbors. Mm. I don't want to say hi to everybody. I don't want to, you know, and if, if that changes, then the Southern culture changes, right? Yeah. And I can see the perspective of the South is special for a reason. It is special because of the just the um, the respect and the kindness and the the pride and the politeness that people have here of their culture. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not common that you go into a lot of places in the United States and you feel a deep sense of culture, because I it, it's the U.S. So there's it's just such a mishmash, right? So nothing's really like taken over and 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 sort of rooted itself like this is the culture here right you know because there's so much of everything yeah and it grows yeah but the south you're like that that's a culture right that's a culture it's a state and of you mind can feel and, it yeah you can feel it when mm-hmm. you go there there are certain things that happen in the south that don't happen anywhere else yeah and that is just what i guess my definition of the southern culture would be would you know it's hard to explain unless you live here and mm-hmm. aren't experience it but like you feel a culture here and it's nice to feel part of a culture yeah yeah especially when you don't feel that anywhere else like I never felt part of a culture in LA like what culture am I right I don't know (laughs) where do I belong (laughs) the entertainment industry that's the culture I'm in (laughs) right well I mean it makes sense because you know you talked about you know coming from LA that Mm -hmm. you really never felt like you fit in yeah and it's different here Mm -hmm. you know it's different here than it was for me in Virginia. I mean, I, I, I fit in in a different way mm-hmm. um, than what I was doing there. And I think it's just very interesting, your position um, as an artist in this community, as a small business owner in this community, mm-hmm. and as a real estate agent, it's a very interesting position because you actually get to see both sides of that conversation that we're mm-hmm. talking about. You get to see people that have lived here forever and talk to them and, Mm -hmm. you know, work with them. And you get to see people that are just moving here or want to move here. Mm -hmm. So you really are getting both sides of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, I'm grateful for all of it because I'm, it's just an experience that I didn't ever think I was going to have because it's not like I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to the South. Like that wasn't just, (laughs) that wasn't the point necessarily. (laughs) It wasn't something that I thought about. And then it just like sort of happened, but you know, what's crazy. So, okay. I'm going to tell, I'm going to go off on a little thing right here. Cause this is wild. I have to tell you this. Mm -hmm. I did my ancestry. So I did my whole family tree, right? That's right. I did my whole family, family tree. Just, I geeked out on it and just was like doing it like obsessively just following all the little branches mm-hmm. that you can go on, right? Finding out who all of your great grandmothers and your great great grandmother, all this stuff. So 
My dad's side of the family is Cherokee. Cherokee used to exist Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. Alabama, yep. Yeah, so, and then they did the Trail of Tears and moved them to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I went and I was tracing my Cherokee heritage, and I literally traced the Cherokee heritage to Wrightsville, Georgia, which ancestors lived in rights which is not far from the farm that i just bought so like randomly you're talking to a girl that grew up in california and in canada as well i just pick a pick a city on a map and go i'm gonna move there and then i move here and my ancestors for centuries come from southeast georgia Hmm. How wild is that? That's crazy. Do you call that fate? I do. I mean, it's something, right? Mm, Isn't it? And I'm like reading. I'm like, Wrightsville, Georgia? What? That's crazy. You're talking about the Ohoopee River? Mm -hmm. That is like where my farm's by. Like you pass over the Ohoopee to go to my farm. Wow. And that is not a word that you would hear unless you've lived here. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's talking about the Ohoopee anywhere else. No one's talking about that. No You're absolutely ta- right. No one's having random conversations about the Ohoopi. So so it feels like you were meant to be here. Oh, my gosh. And especially when I was doing my ancestry, I'm like, I cannot believe I live in a place that for centuries my ancestors lived. And it's because, you know, when you're Cherokee, you could grow... It, you could have ancestors from any of these areas, right? right? But mine were specifically from Georgia. That's crazy. That's so absolutely crazy. crazy. I'm well, I'm glad that they were. Me too. And I'm glad that you followed your heart. And like I've said to you um, before, and I'll say it again, I mean, just getting to know you, working with you and becoming friends with you, uh, you are a gift to Savannah and the rest of us. Thanks, Dee. Oh, you're welcome. And I hope that uh, everyone will go check out your art, check out the stables. Where can everyone see your art? You can see me on the internet. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's cool. It's called Instagram. And it's, it's very trendy of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sarah Brooks Sandin. And I mean, I kind of, that's the only place really. Yeah. I had a website and it was just like, it's weird because I just mostly just do all my stuff off Instagram, which sounds so strange, but it's true. And it works. It's a platform. Though. It's a yeah, huge platform. It's a business platform, is what it is. Yeah. Especially, I feel like mm-hmm. it's such a huge um, platform for visual mm-hmm. business yeah. especially yeah um and you have beautiful art you're so Thank talented you. so i hope that they will check it out sarah brooks sanded on instagram mm-hmm. and the stables is savannah st- the stable savannah mm-hmm. yeah oh uh, it's just savannah. so many good things sarah you're you're just you're beautiful you're a beautiful soul and Steve. i'm glad we're friends i'm so glad yeah yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so there's all the information. Check us out on Instagram as well. This wild and crazy Instagram that I'm hearing about. Um, Savannah Speaks Podcast. Let us know what you think. Sarah, thank you. Thank you.